0: It is Monday, August 1st, 2011. I'm Skip Ruddertail, your otter editor, and welcome to episode 14A of the Bad Dog Book Club. This week's story is All's Well That Ends by All Floor Alto This is our first uh, returning author to the Bad Dog Book Club Which is something I'm sure will be happening more as time goes on We obviously welcome new authors And new not only to the Bad Dog Book Club But new to the fandom and community as well So if you have a story you'd like to send in Just go to baddogbookclub.com and drop us a line Today's story will be read by none other than yours truly, as I will be away next weekend. I'll be in Colorado attending Rocky Mountain FurCon. Con. Uh, so, if you're there, do drop in, drop me a line, say hi. I will be manning a bad dog books table right next to the good folks at Rabbit Valley. So, stop by, say hi. Look forward to seeing you there. Rocky Mountain FurCon. Alright, so without further ado... All's Well That Ends by Alflor Alto. The oncology ward at St. Matthias General Hospital would never grow to be home, but for the past six months that's exactly what he'd been forced to call it. Ever since his glioma worsened, Aaron had been confined to a small room with nothing but a television and a window looking out over the hospital parking lot. His parents tried to make things more homely by plastering the walls with pictures and his brother Gary's drawings, but nothing could veil the fact that this was still the hospital. In the gaps between his family's smiling faces, the young red fox could glimpse the cold white walls. He didn't mind at first, but the fact soon became clear. St. Matthias General Hospital is where he would spend the rest of his life. The only escape Aaron found was in books. He would spend his days reading about fantastic characters in faraway lands, wishing with all his heart that he could be there with them, instead of dying in bed from a disease that people had long since deemed incurable. Sure, there were walks, conventions, and numerous other public appeasing events, but all these years later, the cure remained nothing more than an elusive will-o'-the-wisp in the minds of those who still sought it. Those were the people with something to lose, and sometimes those who had already lost and never wanted to lose again. His parents' outlook was a lot less bleak. You'll get better, honey, you'll see, his mother would say, with his father standing behind her and nodding politely. Aaron would smile and nod back, accepting yet another book, greeting card from some relative or a drawing from Gary. He didn't believe them, and something told him that they didn't believe themselves much either. But the pretenses were kept, as they often should be, and life went on while it still could. Summer came and went. The leaves on the elm outside his window started to turn, reminding Aaron that he should be in school. Most kids his age would laugh at him for saying so, but he missed it. He never had many friends, but just being there, stuck in with everyone else, lamenting a youth spent in captivity, made him feel just a little more normal. He would be a junior now, walking to class, no longer lost in the maze of Elton High, giving confused freshmen directions that involved passing the swimming pool on the 10th floor. He chuckled at the thought, remembering his first day as a freshman. It took him a good hour of wandering up and down three floors of the school to realize that there wasn't a tenth floor, much less a swimming pool. His musings were interrupted by a soft knock at the door. "'Aaron, dear, your parents are here,' he recognized Sally's voice. She was a nursing intern at the ward, and Aaron's only remaining friend. The other kids in the ward seemed far too preoccupied with their own lives to pay the young fox any attention." "'Come on in,' he said, adjusting his bed in his sitting position. "'The door opened, and Sally entered, followed by his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Teller. "'They smiled at Aaron and padded silently over to his bed. "'How are you feeling, dear?' his mom asked, her standard greeting nowadays. "'About the same,' Aaron said, smiling back, his standard response. "'He used to say he felt good or much better, but he knew that, in his current condition, "'neither of those would be very believable.' Chemotherapy had been subjected to was taking its toll. His fur was falling out in clumps, and his once-lean body was now frail and weak. He kept trying to get his parents to stop the chemo, but since he wasn't 18 yet, the final choice lay with them. They insisted it was helping, and that he would feel better before long. The only thing they didn't tell him was how long, long, was going to be. "'We brought you something,' his dad pulled a gift-wrapped package out of a bag he was carrying." "'Thanks!' Aaron placed the package on his lap and tore open the gift wrap. "'For a few moments, all his troubles were forgotten. "'It was a Booksmart 8, an e-book reader he'd heard about from Sally. "'We figured that since you read a lot,' his mom put in, "'this would be a perfect solution since, well, it's tough for you to get to the library,' and she cleared her throat and fell silent. "'This is amazing!' Aaron's mind was elsewhere already. "'He held the reader in both paws, already trying to decide what book to download first. We got you an unlimited subscription, his dad sounded very proud when he said it. Clearly it was his idea. So feel free to download as many books as you want. Thank you so much, Aaron said, generally touched by his parents' thoughtfulness. He was used to the regular knick-knacks, but once in a while the two foxes truly surprised him with their kindness. Well, we'll leave you alone, his mother came over and gave him a kiss on the cheek. Enjoy. God bless. They walked out of the room and Sally followed behind them. "'Don't get too into it, Aaron,' she said. Chemo on two hours.' "'Thanks,' he forced a smile. He knew Sally was only doing what she was instructed to do. He spent some time browsing the online bookstore and downloading any books that caught his eye. He was especially interested in the Field War series, a set of books he'd heard a lot about but never gotten a chance to read. Checking the disc, Aaron saw that he had about an hour before Sally was due to return. He selected the first book in the series and began reading.' He soon realized why he was never able to get his paws in these books. What started out as a typical fantasy adventure quickly turned into a steamy gay romance. Aaron's eyes lit up with excitement when Arj, a lion warrior sent to rescue Prince Friss, removed his shirt and kissed the wildcat on the lips. "'God, I've missed this,' Fris said, sliding his shackled paws down the lion's muscular torso and deftly undoing his pants. He pulled the sackcloth garment down past Arj's legs." Carefully tugging it free of the lion's engorged maleness And I definitely missed this Holding the shaft in his paw, he gave it a teasing lick Maybe we should get you out of the shackles first, Ars said But he made no move to stop his lover's progress Oh, I don't mind, really, Frist said Before putting as much of the length as he could into his muzzle And slowly pulling it back out Besides, I think your needs are a bit more pressing than mine he gave the lion's member a slight squeeze, making Arge moan and brace himself against the prison wall. There was a knock on the door. Aaron quickly adjusted the covers to hide his fully erect member and loaded up another book on his reader. Come in, he said, scrolling twenty or so pages into the book to make it look like he'd been reading. Aaron, your chemo's ready, Sally came in, wielding film uh, Aaron, your chemo's ready, Sally came in, wielding a familiar table in front of her. "'Can I read while we do this?' Aaron asked, adjusting himself into a more comfortable position for the tired routine. "'I'm sorry, Aaron,' Sally gestured at the thick cooling gloves and boots, "'but you have to wear these to make sure your claws don't get damaged. How about some TV?' "'No thanks.' He slipped the gloves and boots on and closed his eyes. "'Being afraid of needles made this whole procedure very difficult for him. "'Everyone told him that he would get used to it, but his umpteenth time doing chemotherapy didn't make it any easier than his first. He felt the familiar brush of an alcohol swab against a bare patch of skin and braced himself. The needle never hurt too much, but the feeling of having something impaling his skin was far more unpleasant than the pain alone would have been. Sally told him that he was actually pretty lucky. A lot of treatments took hours and sometimes days, while his only took half an hour. Aaron tried to focus on something, anything else, during those 30 minutes, but his eyes always seemed to drift over to the clock that hung just above the television, Over time, he turned it into a game. He would close his eyes and try to keep from looking at the clock for as long as he could. He wasn't very good at it. Finally, Sally returned. The needles were removed, and he was allowed to get back to his book. A stoking, combined with the tender caress of Friss's tongue, sent Arge over the moon. The lion stuffed his paws into two conveniently located crevices in the wall and held on for dear life— but friss wasn't done yet. He wrapped his free paw around the lion's muscular legs and began to tease the tail hole. That was all Arge could take. Flexing his legs, he thrust forward and climaxed into the prince's muzzle. Aaron wanted badly to keep reading, but he felt his eyes beginning to droop. Making sure to exit out of the story instead of password, he lay the reader aside and drifted off to sleep. A rustling sound woke him at some point in the middle of the night. He opened his eyes slowly, Through the blur and the fog of sleep, he thought he could see a large shape standing at the foot of his bed. Before he could process what he had seen, he drifted back to sleep. Mornings weren't a big deal for Aaron anymore. He spent his days in bed, so the only difference between day and night was the presence of daylight outside. He put his paws under the blankets lazily to caress his sheath and sat up quickly when he felt the cold, sticky wetness that covered the front of his scrubs. Aaron couldn't figure out whether to feel happy or scared. He was happy because that was the first time he'd come properly since being put on chemo, but scared of what Sally would say when it came time to change scrubs. Sally entered right on cue. She was carrying a towel and clean scrubs. I brought you some clean clothes, Aaron. She laid them down on the bedside table. Can you make it into the showers or should I give you a sponge bath? Aaron hated sponge baths. He was sure that nothing felt more awkward and embarrassing than sitting stark naked in a small tub while someone else scrubbed you with a wet sponge. Now, there was the matter of a sticky sheet that made things all the more awkward. No, I'll just take a shower. He pushed himself out of bed and grabbed the walker that Sally brought him. The walker was just another testament to how much he'd wasted away since first coming to St. Matthew's. When he was first admitted, Aaron would walk everywhere on his own, play in the park with the other kids, and even go running to keep in shape. Now it took all his strength just to stand. He clutched his shaking paws tightly around the handlebars and slowly made it to the showers. The whole place was empty when he walked in. Most of the patients seemed to prefer evening showers. Aaron entered a handicapped shower cabin and plopped down on the seat. His legs didn't burn like they did after a tough workout. Instead, they felt weak and useless. He let a few more minutes trickle by before stripping off his scrubs and turning on the water. The sensation never got old. There was nothing in the world quite so comforting to him as being enveloped in the water's soothing embrace. He didn't dare scrub himself, fearing the loss of more fur. Instead, he sat there, letting the warm water do its work. Twenty minutes later, Aaron stepped out of the shower. With nothing but a towel on, he made his way over to one of the benches where he'd left the clean scrubs that Sally brought him. Like the clock in his room, the mirror begged Aaron to look at it. He averted his gaze as best he could, not because he was afraid of what he would see, but because he knew it all too well. "'There you are, dear!' his parents were waiting for him when he returned. "'We were getting worried when we came in and found your bed empty.' "'I just wanted to take a shower,' he said, getting in the bed. Aaron did his best to be polite. He listened to the latest news of the family, bid his parents goodbye, and got back to his book." He read all day and well into the night, dozing off with the reader still in his paws. Something woke him up again. This time, he came awake fully. He powered off the reader and placed it on the bedside table. As the grogginess of sleep began to fade, he almost fell off his bed. Standing there, dressed in nothing but a loincloth, was Arj. Aaron stared at him, trying to process what exactly he was seeing. Hey, the lion smiled and waved his paw cheerily. "'Uh, who are you?' Aaron was usually polite, but the mostly naked lion from his favorite book standing by his bedside made him forget his manners. "'Arge,' the lion said as if nothing weird was happening. "'You don't remember me?' "'I do. This was some kind of joke. He knew it, but you're, you're not real.' "'Well, I'm standing in your room,' Arge pouted. "'I've got to be at least somewhat real.' I'm sorry, Aaron said, slowly recovering from the initial shock. It's just really weird. I'm dreaming or something, right? Arj reached over and pinched him gently on the arm. The lion certainly felt real. Well, you seem wide awake to me, he smiled, and I'm still here. So how did you get here? Aaron tried his best to phrase the question politely. This was the best you could come up with. Not sure, Arge said, running a paw through his luxuriant mane. I just heard you were sick and thought I'd come visit. Maybe cheer you up, although it looks like you're pretty cheery already. He was looking at the lump protruding from the sheets between the fox's legs. Aaron was so bewildered by the whole situation, he didn't even notice his own erection until Arge drew attention to it. I- I'm-, I'm sorry, he stammered. Don't worry, the lion drew closer. Why don't I help you with that? He slid his paw underneath the sheets and grasped Aaron's member gently. Yes, he was definitely real. Aaron spent quite a few nights in his life trying to imagine what it would feel like to have someone else's pawn as member. Even his wildest fantasies didn't come close. The initial wave of electricity that swept his body was almost overwhelming. He arched his back and moaned loudly, realizing that he just might wake up whoever was in the neighboring room. He clamped both paws over his muzzle, just in time, too. Arj began to stroke his maleness gently, sending spasms of pleasure through his entire being. He freed one paw from his muzzle and touched the lion's taut stomach, feeling very much like a character in one of his books. "'You could touch me a little lower if you want,' Arge said. "'He removed the lion cloth he was wearing with a free paw. "'The paw clamped over his muzzle, did nothing to prevent Aaron's jaw from dropping. "'All politeness forgotten, he stared at the lion's fully engorged maleness. "'Trying his best to keep his paw from shaking, "'Aaron reached out tentatively and placed it on Arge's member.' This was the final piece of the puzzle. It was as if an electrical circuit between the two was finally complete. Another wave of passion swept over him. He tensed his muscles and climaxed all over the lion. Back when he just started discovering masturbation, Aaron would engage in it at least twice a day. Most of the time, his climax amounted to nothing more than a spoonful of seed. This was more like a waterfall. He kept coming until Arge's belly froze completely soaked. Utterly drained, Aaron slumped down into his bed and lay there. He breathed in and out slowly, enjoying the warm after effects of his orgasm. Wow, talk about drenched, Arge giggled. Never had someone get me this wet. He walked over to the closet and grabbed a towel. After drying his fur and wiping the remaining seed off the floor, he tossed it back. So, did you enjoy your first time? He walked over to the fox and licked his nose gently. You have no idea, Aaron mumbled, still in an absolute daze. Will you come back tomorrow night? Arge smiled and sat down on the bed. Of course, I will. Aaron wanted to spend more time with the lion, but his eyelids were very persuasive. Within minutes, he was asleep. The sun woke him up the next morning. He lay on his bed, enjoying the warmth and gentle caress of its rays. The memories flooded back to him all at once, jarring him awake. Aaron sat up in bed, panting. I really am losing my mind, he said to himself. He was told that this might happen once the cancer got far enough into his brain. But so soon, it dawned on him then... There was one way to check his sanity. Slowly, Aaron pulled himself out of bed and made his way over to the closet. His feet gave out when he reached the door, and he was forced to cling to the doorknob for support. Propping himself up on the doorframe, Aaron punched the door open and gasped at what he saw inside. A towel, crusted over with dried seed, lay on the floor. "'Aaron, honey, what are you doing?' Hearing Sally's voice, Aaron turned around. He forgot that his feet were too weak to support him. The young fox struggled to stay upright, but gravity won in the end. Sally ran to catch him, but didn't make it in time. You shouldn't go walking by yourself, she said, helping him up on his paws. It's a good thing you didn't hurt yourself too badly. I know, Aaron staggered over to his bed and sat down. I just, I just made a mess and wanted to clean up. A mess? Sally walked over to the closet and opened the door. What? Oh, oh, don't worry about it, hun. It's perfectly normal. I'll just stick it in the laundry. She picked up the towel and put it in a hamper she left by the door. Thanks. Oh, it's Sally? Yeah? Can you leave a towel on my table somewhere in case, you know? Sure, she smiled at him and left the room. The nervousness from before was replaced with confusion, so he didn't imagine what happened that night. Aaron rested his head on the pillow and looked up at the ceiling. He began to wish that he did. Had it all been a ha- had it all been a hallucination, he would have blamed it on the cancer and been satisfied. Now, he didn't know what to think. He was getting nightly visits from a storybook character. Stranger still was the fact that the lion was interested in him. He continued to toss around theories of what exactly was going on until his head started to hurt. Aaron realized it was pointless to keep up this train of thought and pulled out his book again. Arjun didn't know how, but he got past the guards. The door of the prison cell was all that now separated him from his lover. He was no good at picking locks, but he was good at killing. Before the Stoat guard knew what was happening, he lay on the ground, a dagger protruding from his throat. Arjun did the Stoat's belt and took a ring of keys from it. It didn't take him long to find the right one and unlock the door. Frisk was chained to the adjacent wall and appeared to be asleep. Arge patted across the cell quietly and kissed him deeply on the muzzle. The wildcat awoke with a start. "'They'll find you!' he whispered, wrapping his shackled paws around the lion's well-muscled frame. "'I just rescued you from Taros.' Arj was already looking through the key ring again. "'I won't let them execute you like this.' "'For a traitor, Prince Fris certainly isn't short on brains.' "'Kerg, the weasel captain of the guard, stood at the entrance backed by a score of well-armed soldiers.' Now, you have done us a great service by fetching him from Teros, Sir Argus. As an act of thanks, we will not slaughter you where you stand. He took a step forward. Hand over the keys and come quietly. We will put you in the prison to cool off for the night, and then you will be set free. And if I refuse, the lion reached for a sword strapped to his waist. Then I will decorate the walls of the cell with your blood, Krig smirked. Aaron was so absorbed in the book that it took several tries for Sally to get his attention. Huh? It felt like he was waking from a deep sleep. "'Time for chemo,' she said, sounding as if she'd repeated the phrase at least a dozen times. "'Oh, okay.' He put down the reader and adjusted himself into a more comfortable position." Strangely enough, Aaron didn't mind the cooling gloves or the alcohol swab or even the prick of the needle. The thought of seeing Arge again made everything else fade into the background. He had hardly noticed when the chemo ended and Sally came in to unplug him. He just sat there, imagining Arge's next visit, and got very hard in the process. Fortunately, Aaron was back to full consciousness when his parents came in. He shifted quickly to cover his throbbing maleness and greeted them with a smile. "'We're so glad to hear you like our gift,' his mother beamed at him. "'And you look so much better today. I guess the chemo finally started working.' "'Yeah,' Aaron said. "'Something started working, anyway.' "'He talked some more with his parents, doing nothing to break their illusion of his imminent recovery. "'They handed him another card from his grandmother with a hundred-dollar bill tucked neatly inside and left. "'The rest of the day was dedicated to reading, reading, and waiting.' Aaron was determined to be awake when Arge came to visit again. If anything, it would shed some light on the mystery of the lion's appearance. He read late into the night without much success. The clock above the television read 4.30. Aaron realized the sun would be up soon. He turned off the light and went to sleep. Maybe Arge changed his mind. Maybe he just came once to get my hopes up, he thought. The thoughts whirled around the fox's head as he fell asleep. He was awakened by something damp pressing against his muzzle. It took him only moments to realize that it was someone's tongue. His eyes sprang open, and he leaned into the kiss. "'I didn't think you'd come,' he said as they separated. Arge rested his paw on the fox's knee. "'Well, of course I was going to come. I promised, didn't I? I was just waiting for you to fall asleep.' "'Oh.' He wanted to ask Arge why that was necessary, but the lion changed the subject. "'So, what do you want to do tonight?' Arge lay down on the bed and put his arm around Aaron. Aaron rested his head on the lion's muscular shoulder. Well, I... He knew what he wanted, but he was extremely reluctant to ask. Trust me, Arge muscled his cheek. I've done some pretty strange stuff in my life. You'd be hard-pressed to surprise me. Well, I... I I've never been... Inside anyone. It was too late to take anything back now. Oh... Well, all I had to do was ask. Arch tickled Aaron's nose and hopped nimbly off the bed. Aaron could only stare as the lion slipped off his loincloth and turned full circle to show off. How do I look? he asked, flexing his muscles for effect. Wow! Even a reply that simple took all his cognitive effort. Absently, Aaron reached a paw under the blankets to stroke himself, but found that it was completely unnecessary. His member was already so full that it threatened to burst out of his sheath. You're pretty big, Ars said, he reached under the blankets and firmly grasped the fox's maleness. We're going to need some lubrication. He turned around and bent over to retrieve his loincloth. The sight of the lion's curvy rump only made Aaron's maleness throb more. Ah, here we are. Arj pulled a thin metal flask out of a small pocket on the side of the loincloth. It turned out to be some sort of oil. Arj smothered it under his tail and then all over Aaron's trembling member. Now, I don't think you should be standing too much, so I'll just straddle you. He got up on the bed and slowly sat down. The warmth and tightness that engulfs Aaron's maleness set off fireworks in his brain. This time, he didn't even try to stifle his moans. Instinct was taking over, and he began to thrust forcefully in and out of the line, his knot getting bigger each time. The lightning storm in his brain raged ceaselessly. Every thrust increased it, bringing it to an even higher plane. He placed his paws on Arja's legs and started to thrust faster. The lion matched his rhythm and purred softly, stroking his own throbbing member with a free paw. The climax put the one from the night before to shame. Aaron thrust up one last time, pushing his knot through Arja's hole, and emptied himself into the lion. He took Arja's shaft with both paws and stroked it until the lion climaxed as well. They clung to each other, writhing in the throes of passion until their dual orgasm began to subside. Aaron lay there, his brain too overloaded to process any more information for the night. Thanks, is all he managed to say before drifting off. He's awakened by a knock on the door. Aaron, are you awake? It was Sally. Yeah, Aaron opened his eyes. The mess was cleaned up and ours was gone. "'Your parents are here.' Sally opened the door slowly, and making sure he wasn't doing anything private, walked in, followed by Aaron's mother and father. His mother ran over and wrapped him in a hug. "'Wow, you're just looking better and better every time we see you!' Aaron held his breath for a few moments, hoping that she wouldn't notice Arge's scent that still lingered thick all over the bed, but she seemed too excited to pay her nose any attention, so he relaxed. He wasn't sure about looking better, but he certainly felt a lot better, so no thanks to the chemo, of course.' The rest of the conversation went according to the script and ended with his parents promising to sign him up for physical therapy if things kept improving. Aaron was in very high spirits as he turned on his reader and returned to the world of field war. Ars stood at the edge of the crowd. He was warned by Craig not to leave the city, but he didn't care. Frisk may have been past saving, but he had to see him one last time. The excited chatter told him that the execution party was getting nearer. He craned his neck until he finally saw them. Friss, bound in chains, was led by a score of the royal soldiers. The people booed him and threw whatever was under paw in his direction. The wildcat ignored them. He walked proudly, just as he always did. There was no fear in his scent, no regret. Some inner instinct told him to look in Arja's direction. He smiled. Thank you, he mouthed, for everything. Just then, the reader made a crackling sound, and a faint smell of burned wires filled Aaron's sensitive nostrils. The screen flickered and blanked out. Aaron tried desperately to reset it, but after several minutes of fruitless labor, he gave up. His paw strayed to his eyes. Aaron realized only then that he'd been crying. The story moved him on a level he didn't anticipate. He sat there, thinking about his own imminent execution. His parents thought he was getting better and better, but his body told him otherwise. With nothing to do but go to sleep, Aaron drifted off, hoping to wake up to Arge again. His wish was granted. He woke up to find the lion sitting beside him. Hey there, sleepyhead. Arge smiled at Aaron and ran his paws through the fox's head for, What do you want to do tonight? I was actually kind of hoping we could hang out and talk. Oh my, now that is surprising, Arge settled in next to him. So what do you want to talk about? Well... Aaron realized then that he might as well ask Arj how the book ended. What happened to Fris? I only read as far as the execution. The lion stared into space a long time before answering. He was hanged. His voice was level, but Aaron knew that he was going to great lengths to keep it that way. I'm. I'm sorry. He felt terrible for making Arj feel this way. I just thought there would be, you know, some sort of happy ending. Maybe you end up rescuing him. Not all stories have happy endings, Ars sighed. Don't worry, it was a while ago. I have come to terms with it. Why did they execute him? Aaron promised himself that this was the last question before he would change the subject. All anyone said was that he was a traitor. He was gay, Ars said. The king wanted grandchildren, and Frisk refused. He was accused of high treason by his own father and hanged tears were welling up in his eyes now. Aaron put his arms around the lion and buried his nose in the soft fur. I'm sorry, he said, hoping sincerely that Arge would forgive him for trespassing on such private matters. I didn't know. That's okay, Arge said. I understand his reasons now. Back when he told me he was tired of hiding, I thought he was going mad, I offered to run away with him, to live out our lives free from the problems of society. I understand now that he came out because he loved me. He was proud to call me his mate, and he did not want me to live in the shadows. He wanted the world to know how lucky he was. Those words caused Arsh to break down completely. Aaron cradled the lion in his arms and let him weep. Arsh seemed to get lighter as he released all the sadness that had weighed him down for so long. When he was done, the lion got up from the bed. "'I'm sorry,' he said, with a note of embarrassment in his voice. "'I wasted our evening together.' He wiped the last of his tears from his eyes. "'Don't be silly,' Aaron said. "'I'm glad we could talk. I'm sorry I bought so many bad memories back.' "'They were always there,' the lion leaned over and kissed him on the nose. "'They needed to come to the surface sooner or later. "'I'm glad you were there to listen.' It was the least I could do. He felt tired again. His eyelids began to flicker. With one more look at the line, he fell asleep. His parents visited him the next day while he was in chemo. Mrs. Teller ran her paw through his fur. Oh, this is wonderful, dear. Your fur is coming back in. Once you get back to school, the girls will be all over you. Mom. Dad. Dad. Aaron looked over his parents one final time. Their muzzles wore bright smiles, but their eyes were tired. His father's fur had long since turned gray. His mother's did, too. It was even more noticeable with the slightly splotchy dye job. They'd shed a lot of tears for him. They deserved the truth. I'm gay. His father nodded. The smile never left his muzzle. We know, son. The shockwave he prepared for didn't come. Aaron let out a long sigh. But how did you know? Mr. Teller reached into his pocket and pulled out his cell phone. They don't offer unlimited subscriptions for your reader, Aaron. We just told you that so you wouldn't feel bad about buying all those books. He scrolled through the phone's contents. The Field War series? I was intrigued by the title, so I read it. He smiled. I left very little doubt about your sexuality. He put his arms around Mrs. Teller. We don't care, son. Gay, straight, all we want is for you to come back home. We want our little family to be whole again. Aaron had accepted his death in the months he'd spent at St. Matthews. In one swift motion, he wanted nothing more than to live again. I'll do my best to recover. He reached out and embraced both of his parents. I promise. The warmth of their embrace told him beyond words just how much the two of them loved him. When they parted, Mr. Teller examined Aaron's broken reader. The thing must be defective. He sniffed it. Yeah, one of the transistors must have fried. Don't worry, son. I'll bring you a new one tomorrow. He repackaged the device. Good thing they offer a warranty. Just take a nap for now, dear. Mrs. Teller kissed him on the forehead. You need to save up your energy for physical therapy tomorrow. Okay. Aaron got back under the covers. Mr. Teller embraced him again and kissed him on the cheek. See you tomorrow, champ. The two foxes departed and left Aaron alone with his thoughts. For the first time in months, he looked forward to what lay ahead. He was recovering steadily and maybe, just maybe, he'd get to go home soon. Somehow he'd made it all through the darkness. There was light just ahead. He awoke sometime in the middle of the night. Arge sat at the foot of his bed. For the first time since Aaron had met him, the lion didn't smile. Hello, Aaron. Hey, Arge, Aaron said up. What do you want to do tonight? Ars stood up and walked slowly to stand over by the fox's side. I came to take you with me. Take me with you? Where? Aaron asked. To Zerna, Ars extended his paw. Your time here is almost up, but don't worry. We'll live in Zerna together. It's a beautiful place. But I don't want to go. The meaning of the lines offered dawned on him and made his stomach turn. I-, I want to stay here. I'm getting better. He rolled up his sleeve. Look, my fur is growing back and R shook his head. Aaron, you're not going to get any better. He sat down next to him. I know it's hard for you, but some things are just not meant to happen. So I have no choice then, do I? Aaron felt the familiar pressure building behind his eyes. Maybe if his parents hadn't accepted him, things would have been easier. He could see the end so vividly. He would get better, move back home, and live with his parents. He'd finish school and go to college, maybe even get a boyfriend. He could almost feel himself there. Ars shook his head. No, I'm afraid not. Can I at least call my parents? Aaron struggled to control the overwhelming emotion in his voice. Please, I just want to say goodbye. Arge nodded. Go ahead. I'll wait. Aaron picked up the phone from his bedside table and dialed the familiar number. The phone rang for almost two whole minutes before anyone picked up. Hello? It was his father. Dad, it's me. Aaron pushed back the lump in his throat. Listen, Dad, can you Mom and Gary come see me? Sure, son, his father said. We'll be over first thing tomorrow morning. No, I was talking about right now. Aaron racked his brain for some gentle way to approach the issue, but he couldn't find it. I don't think I'll make it till tomorrow. Son, don't don't say that, Mr. Teller spoke to the motion to match his son's. You'll be fine, you... No, Dad, Aaron sighed. Arj told me I have to go tonight. Arj, there was a pause. You mean the lion? Yes, Dad. Aaron didn't care how crazy it sounded. "'Ours is here right now. He says I have to leave.' "'We'll be right over, son. I promise.' Mr. Teller hung up the phone. In less than twenty minutes, Aaron's entire family gathered at the foot of his bed. Gary swayed sleepily on his tiny paws. Mr. and Mrs. Teller were weeping softly. Aaron's father poached him. "'There's got to be some way for you to stay, son.' I wish there was, Aaron reached out and embraced the old fox. But Arge says I have got no choice. He nodded over to the lion seat at the foot of his bed. Mr. Teller turned in that direction. Sir, I, I beg of you. He got down first on one knee, then on both. Please let my son live. Aaron wasn't sure why, but at that moment he knew his father could see Arge as clearly as he. Mr. Teller bowed his head. We love our son. Please don't take him from us. Ars sat silent and watched the old fox. He stood. This is a very tall order. Aaron's time has come. I know, but Mr. Teller wiped his eyes. There has to be some other way. Ars shook his head. I'm sorry. I can't. Gary, who'd been standing groggily by his mother's side, approached the line from behind and hugged his leg. "'Please let Aaron stay, Mr. Lion. Please. I don't want to grow up without a brother.' Arch petted the cub gently between his ears and sighed, "'I can't, I—' He walked past Mr. Teller over to Aaron's side. "'Are you sure you wish to stay? Life is difficult and full of loss. "'If you come with me, I can offer you happiness.' Aaron looked up at the lion and his family. He saw his father still on his knees, his brother looking around with a confused expression on his face, and his mother sobbing quietly into a wad of tissues. He knew that he could never choose to leave them, not unless he thought he had no choice. Arj, why do you really want to take me? Because... Arj looked down at the ground. Ever since Fris died, I've been completely alone. I thought I was doomed to live alone forever. I accepted it, but then I met you. I guess I've just become attached to you, Aaron. You've given me the company I never thought I could have again. So you lied to me? The anger was quickly extinguished by pity. Arsh truly was alone. Aaron tried and failed to imagine how a lifetime of loneliness would feel. I'm sorry. Arge took Aaron's paw and held it gently in both of his Please forgive me, Aaron. At first I wanted what was best for you, but by the end of it, I was only doing what was best for me. Aaron squeezed the lion's paws. I forgive you, he looked back at his family, but I see so much life ahead of me. I can't come with you. Not yet. Arj nodded. I understand, he stood. Perhaps we can meet another time when you've had a chance to live life. Maybe you'll consider coming with me then. Maybe, Aaron smiled. Thank you for being honest with me. Don't mention it, Arge graced him with one last smile, turned, and walked out into the hallway. Aaron watched him go with a mixture of happiness and sorrow. Arge was alone again. There was nobody to hold him, nobody to tell him that everything would be all right. He forwent a chance of happiness to give Aaron another chance at life. Aaron turned back to his father. Did you really see him? Mr. Teller stood up and brushed the dust off his pants. I don't know. I think I did. I did. Gary climbed up on the bed and lay down in Aaron's lap. He's a very nice lion. Aaron, it's time! Sally opened the door and pushed a wheelchair into the room. Oh, I can walk, don't worry, Aaron hopped off the bed. His body had slowly returned to its strong, lithe appearance. Sorry, hospital tradition, Sally wrestled him into the chair. Come on, it's only for a few minutes. Aaron rolled his eyes. Oh, fine. He allowed Sally to wheel him out of the room and out the front door. His family waited by the car. They all wore bright, summery clothes and broad smiles. The hospital doors had barely closed behind him, and Aaron was already up on his feet. He ran over and wrapped all three foxes in a tight embrace. I'm back. He would see Arj again. He knew it. But between that faded reunion and now, there was a life, a life on which he'd almost given up. The four foxes piled into Mr. Teller's Audi and drove off, leaving St. Matthew's and its memories somewhere far off in the distance. The end. Do join Toontz's and his special guest next week when they discuss this story and see you at Rocky Mountain Fur Con in two weeks. Have a good one. Take care.